So welcome everybody to today's episode of the Independent Teacher Podcast. And I'm really pleased to be joined by Joy Shepherd Walwyn. Joy, welcome to today's show. It's really great to have you on the programme. Thank you. Really excited to, to be here. Well, thank you for coming along. Now, I'm I'm not really going to give our listeners any indication of what we're <laughs> going to be talking about today because we've got quite a lot to, to catch up on. So can we start? Could you just tell our listeners about... Um, your career to date and then we'll go on to the questions from there yeah absolutely so I left school in 2017 um, and that was after kind of studying my my A-levels um, and I took an apprenticeship with PwC uh, in management consulting and I spent four years uh, working for PwC so I worked across uh, their apprenticeship program for two years and then I, I moved on to their, their graduate program after that and then once I'd finished that I actually uh, moved across to a different company so I now work for, for Capgemini um, who are slightly more focused on on digital transformation um, and I now work there as a, a management consultant focusing in in the public sector and um, so I did that for about a year or so um, before taking a secondment uh, to work specifically in social value for the firm. So looking at kind of social impacts um, that the, the business can provide. Okay, we're going to come on to that a little bit later on. I want to take you back to that um, period where you were looking at what you were going to do and you didn't choose to go to university. And I, and, and I will say to our listeners that, you know, we, we I was a teacher at, at the school and you were a, a student at the school. And it was a school where virtually everybody went to university you know people didn't do apprenticeships so can you just take us back in time then and, and what motivated you to to go down that route yeah of course um so I was always someone that was quite studious always very well organized um and really enjoyed enjoyed studying um and so I guess I, I'd always kind of thought that I was I was going to go to university I was really lucky to to get some work experience um, through the school when I was about 15. And, and I went to uh, Ernst & Young and did a, a week's work experience and consulting there. And I really liked the practical side of, of problem solving. And I liked the idea of, of kind of what they were doing. So I'd made my mind up that I was going to go to university and then I was going to, to go and be a management consultant. And then... Things started not to feel quite like they made so much sense. I was really enjoying studying for my A-levels, but I felt really fatigued with it. I kept, I guess, trying to think about what the best subject for me was going to be. And, and I couldn't set on one subject, so I kept thinking it was going to be joint honours. And it would change weekly in, in terms of what those joint honours were going to be. And I kept trying to patch together this degree that that was going to make sense and was going to lead me to the the career that I wanted and it was that university bit that just didn't quite make sense in in the bigger picture um and my mum was actually the person that that suggested kind of looking into into the apprenticeship route you know she knew that I'd kind of got the the career set and I'd got the you know the A-levels I was enjoying that and and that it was that university bit that didn't quite make sense um and so I started to to put in these applications and I worked alongside uh, the careers advisor at school who was really, really supportive. And bless her, I think I was in there every lunchtime kind of asking for asking for support. Um, 
but actually we, we went through a lot of different application processes um, uh, and I was able then to uh, secure um, apprenticeship offers alongside offers to, to go to university. Um, and I'd ended up applying to Russian and philosophy, which I think you can tell from, <laughs> from so many different options, um, it, it didn't feel quite right. Um, and when I had these things kind of laid out in front of me, it felt, you know, it felt in my heart like the best thing to do was was really to go and gain some of those practical skills. I could defer my university offers. I could go and do those those later if that felt like it was the right thing to do. But actually, I'd lose this from giving an apprenticeship a go, um, earning some money for for kind of a year um, and trying out that kind of independence. I mean, you touched on there about um, the careers advisor at school. What about the school reaction? Yeah, they were really supportive. They were really supportive. Um, and I think I was quite lucky in that way because I, I do recognise that, you know, when you look at the the kind of league tables and that kind of thing, it, you know, the percentages and the KPIs that, that are looked at are very, you know, uh, A-levels that lead on to university and, and Oxford place, Oxbridge places and, and that kind of thing. So I definitely felt like a bit of a, an outlier um, there. But, you know, I, I totally got, you know, a, an amazing amount of support from from the school in, in doing those applications. What have been the benefits? And, and then the other thing, do you think you've missed out on anything? In terms of benefits, I mean, you know, I was... I felt really independent as soon as I'd I'd left. Um, you know, financially I was able to to live and to support myself um, you know, as as an option. Um I had an absolutely brilliant experience, both from kind of a personal perspective and from, you know, developing my my skills. Um I didn't feel like I'd hugely missed out on on um I guess the the university lifestyle. So I definitely felt like I was able to move out, support myself, um, you know, still go out on weekends and and really enjoy myself. Um, I would say, you know, as as possibly a disbenefit, it it's slightly more difficult to make friends. They're not kind of ready made for you. You're not placed in environments where kind of the the key point is to to try and make connections and make friends so it took me longer than I think a lot of my university friends to to really make those properly embedded friendships um but I still did have a, a lot of fun um I guess another thing that was was kind of slightly different is a, a real focus on skills as opposed to to knowledge um and I, I was really interested at, you know school really helps you to think about what you want to know what you want to learn and 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 from a, a kind of content perspective but actually it took me a bit of a while to realize that there were some really key skills that linked the subjects that I really enjoyed and um, and that was things like problem solving it was communication it was writing it was all of these things that really connected the the things that I enjoyed and by understanding that I understood that those were the things that I wanted to develop even more in a in a career and those were the bits of it that I enjoyed um but actually university is amazing if you have things that you want to know about and the content that you want to develop and uh, you know a very clear set of skills that that you want to develop like critical thinking so I think it there's there's kind of two different ways to look at it there as well in in terms of is it skills that you want to develop or is it you know that that kind of deeper subject knowledge um and I think one lends itself to to one and, and the other to the other, really. And the fact that you talked about skills and you talked about knowledge, was there ever a point where you missed 
the academic opportunities that maybe a university degree would have would have given you? I think it took a while to to come. Um, I think it took a while to come. I, I really enjoyed, you know, the learning and um, was very immersed in, in kind of my professional career and, and really building that um, early on. But yeah, it absolutely came to me. Um, I think, you know, when I've taken a step back from from kind of being in that that professional race and started to think a little bit more about what is it that that makes me kind of that that whole person that makes me independent and enjoy myself. And actually learning is is absolutely something that's that's a part of that. Um and I've I think having not been to university and again not forced myself through kind of that that up and down of of learning um I've I've kind of found the reason why I used to love all, all of that kind of studying, why I used to be able to keep myself motivated and, and organised. Um, and I've started to pick up more and more learning outside of work again. And, and you know, I've started taking Russian lessons um, in my evenings and I'm hoping to to start some more kind of writing classes and, and that kind of thing. But then start to make up my hobbies and and you know, they do have a professional benefit. All of these things have a professional benefit as well, but they make me feel more rounded as an individual. Um, so it took its time. It definitely took its time. And I think that was a bit of a hangover from um, kind of a, a bit of the stress of, of A-levels uh, for a little while. But but I definitely have re-found that and, and I'm really glad that I have. Do you take exams as you as you as you're going through that apprenticeship? I did. I did. So I purposefully picked one that was quite light on exams. Um, I'd always been quite anxious when it came to to taking exams. Um, I was someone that tended to perform fairly well, but it was definitely not my favourite setting to be in. Um, so I did. I, I specifically chose one that, that wouldn't be too exam heavy. Um, I took, I think, five exams uh, as a part of it. They weren't hugely kind of formal in terms of of the way that they were structured um and the majority of my apprenticeship was was formed from a kind of portfolio approach so a portfolio of the the work that I'd done the skills and the behaviors that I demonstrated and that was something that was then pulled together at the end so I did um then achieve a, a qualification as a part of of that apprenticeship um which you know uh, obviously is, is something that that was really beneficial um to me and, and will be beneficial for for my career um but yeah I enjoyed the fact that it was mainly portfolio based and and does everybody end up then being transferred onto the graduate scheme afterwards yeah um the majority of the time yes so you know it's not a an absolute agreement there's kind of a promotion process um involved there but yes uh usually that would be your your next step which was quite funny when you've been doing the job for for two years and you're transferred onto their, their kind of basic training scheme um again but uh yeah again it was great it, it felt like it was kind of a natural a natural step um to to continue developing the the kind of skills that I'd been developing to date and any teachers or anyone or parents who are listening to this where would they go to find out more about apprenticeship schemes so there's a national apprenticeships website which is a great place to start um and that that will give you a bit of a view of of those um I guess apprenticeships that, that people are aware of centrally so I think that's where I tend to to send people um mm. you know the more and more 
that people do it I think it's it's having a conversation with anybody that you know that might have have taken that route um you know I, I really enjoy talking to young people about the experience that I've had and you know helping them to think through whether it's you know the skills actually that they really want to develop that maybe they haven't realized they enjoy um so you know very happy to have any conversations when that's that's helpful or reach out to, to people similar to to me as well Excellent. Now, I want to just come on to something else that you're really passionate about, and that's diversity and inclusion in the workplace. So can you tell our listeners why that's so important to you and, and some of the work that you've done in, in, in that area? Absolutely. Um, so I first got involved with the, the kind of diversity inclusion agenda uh, in my first job at, at PwC. Um, and I'd had kind of a couple of experiences that that made me really engage with with that agenda. Um, and I wanted to learn more about kind of how how you bring diversity and representation into an organisation, but also how you retain that, I guess, through inclusive behaviours. Um, and I've, I've done a range of things. So I, I helped to, to develop a bit of a programme of, of different activities and initiatives as a part of, of diversity and inclusion and particularly supporting inclusive behaviours. Um, we developed a, a training scheme, actually, that we, we rolled out across uh, quite a bit of the organisation um, around allyship. So it really helped to, to make people feel comfortable. Um, I think sometimes when you have these conversations, people can feel like they're in the room because they're being blamed or or because, you know, they might be somebody that that might not demonstrate those inclusive behaviours. But that's not necessarily the case. It, it's something that we all need to practice because we all have unconscious bias. And so by looking at it through allyship, we we realise that more and more people kind of understood it and adopted it we'd bring probably about 10 people together and um we would do a bit of an introduction to the idea of diversity the idea of inclusion um and we'd use kind of scenario based approaches so we'd we'd put a scenario forwards um to a range of individuals and say you know that there's a victim and a, a perpetrator kind of in the in this space this is the the scenario that's happened but actually imagine yourself as an ally in the room if you were sat at that table what is it that you could say to maybe calm the perpetrator down and and stop that situation escalating or what could you do to support the the victim in this situation and help to to take them out of that situation or or to make them feel more comfortable and I think that having leadership who buy into these kind of initiatives and are able to to kind of put their weight behind them that's something that's really really important uh, in these situations I think that's one of my main learnings that actually you can do as much as you want but if those leaders don't buy in and and support that from a top-down approach then then these things don't don't land but equally I think you do need the grassroots initiatives I think you know coming up with the ideas your, yourself for, for how you can feel included is so much more impactful than you know a, a kind of arm's length HR department or or a, a different team kind of coming up with those those ideas and again doing them to you as opposed to, to doing them with you so I think you do you need both sides of it to make these things successful um but as long as you've got those those kind of foundations there I think they absolutely can be successful and really change the culture of an organization 
And are you still working on that? Because you mentioned that was something that you're doing at PwC. Is that something that you're taking forward now? Yeah, yeah. So I'm still working um, working in that space at, at Capgemini um, as well. Uh, and I'm really lucky that I've actually been able to um, take a, a role that focuses on social impact itself um, a little bit more broadly. So um, I now actually work uh, to, to support kind of community-based initiatives as well and think about the the community impact that we can have too um and think about how you know if we reach out to, to communities how can we can start to empower them and and conduct inclusion-based activities um outside of the organization as well and i think one of the things that i've learned there is you know we all have such a, a great range of skills that actually there's so much we can do when we use those not specifically just painting a fence or something like that you know you use the skill set that you've built through your professional career or or through uh you know a range of initiatives that, that you might have done in your life use those kind of skills and and take those out to your communities and, and make a difference and um, you know there's lots of things that that already exist with volunteering opportunities but but there's so much that we can create through our own experience hmm. in fact I was reading in the newspaper today about post-COVID, how volunteering has actually diminished and people haven't gone back to the work that they've been doing in the community. So it sounds like you're doing a, a, a great job there. Well, we're definitely trying to trying to champion it within the organisation and, and trying to encourage um, a lot of the, the different kind of parts of, of the organisation to, to adopt volunteering kind of as part of their team building for example. Now, I want to turn it back to you now. What what advice would older Joy now give to younger Joy? I think stop trying to develop that degree that sounds right, because it's not going to happen. <laughs> stop trying to piece together random subjects. And and um, I think listen to listen to my heart a little bit more over, over my head there. Um, you know, I, I dropped English very early on in my A-levels because I was convinced that was the one thing that I was not going to go and do at university because for some reason I was convinced it was going to be maths and languages or something in languages Um, and and it was really unfortunate I dropped it I then picked it back up because bless Mrs Moore I went crying to her one day saying I really miss doing English I never should have dropped it because it was the one thing that I absolutely loved doing I might have never thought I was going to do it at university but it was the one thing that I just loved 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 learning and studying um so I definitely would tell my younger self just to listen to what you enjoy doing and stop trying to to patchwork make this degree that you're never actually going to go and study um and I think the second thing is you know figure out what you like doing not just what you like knowing um so what are those skills that that you really enjoy and you know that's just as important as you know the subjects and the the specific things that you like learning the content around now obviously you know talking to you I can tell that you've achieved an awful an awful lot in a in a very short period of time to think that you only left school in 2017 um is there any one person or a number of people perhaps who have really inspired you and if they have why did they inspire you and you know what kind of positive impact did did they have on you yeah, so I'll come back to Mrs. Moore again because she was um, 
such an incredible teacher. She was always challenging, I think, the, the way we saw the world. And I do remember, you know, one time her turning to us and saying, you know, you'll be the people in the positions that will be able to change things. And you won't necessarily change things from that position. And it's something that I think I've always used as a, a challenge to to myself. Um, you don't realise how quickly you are in that position where you can make an impact. And it's really easy not to. Um, and, and that's always been something that I think that's inspired me and, and kept challenging me. But she was always someone that would come out with these sound bites of, of really inspiring things that you kind of wake up in the middle of the night and you think about it and you're like oh my goodness what a challenge to to me as you know five six years on um I guess you know I, I've got an incredible group of friends my partner is absolutely my moral compass he's brilliant and and really helps me to to figure out you know how to do the right thing um and I've got an incredible group of of girls around me as well who just really champion um what I do what I say and and those are, are absolutely things that, that I need around me and, and beside me to, um, yeah, to, to have a positive impact on the world in turn, I think. Do you know, I'm going to end it there. What a brilliant way to end our conversation. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today and um, catching up with you. Lovely to see you again and thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Independent Teacher Podcast. If you like listening to this podcast, please consider giving us a five-star rating either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.